the power of collaboration, right? Like me and you hit it off right away. We exchanged numbers. We started talking. We said, how can we both add value to each other's lives? We did a podcast swap. And it's just so important to align yourself with, with good, solid, experienced people for so many reasons, right? Number one, because you want to be around people that elevate you, that cause you to stretch yourself to make you feel a little nervous, right? Because people are doing big stuff. Because when you're around those types of people, it causes you to stretch even higher and step out of your comfort zone. Welcome to What's Next with Eric Wood, where we will prepare you to make your what's next in life your best yet by learning from high performers in a variety of industries. Our next guest is Craig Siegel. Craig is a keynote speaker, entrepreneur, mindset coach, and breakthrough manufacturer. Craig started the CLS Experience, which is an acronym for Creating Lasting Symphony, and he has helped transform the lives of countless people through his work. I believe Craig will be the perfect guest as we approach the new year to get all of us into gear to have our best year yet in 2022. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe it. If you're listening in on Spotify, thank you to all of our new Spotify listeners out there. Please rate it five stars for me. That would mean the world to me. And please share it with a friend. Share this with somebody. And if you share it on social media, I'll share it as well. And we'll double the impact. Enjoy. Craig, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you so much for having me, brother. You know, every single time you and I get together, we create magic. I'm excited for today. Let's do this. Please say we create fire. We're going to manufacture some magic and create some fire. That's what I was looking for. (laughs) I love it. I love it. All right, man, I can't wait for this podcast. And as this new year gets rolling, Craig is the perfect guy to have on the show. Last year it was Steve Weatherford and he brought the juice. And I know Craig will bring the juice here today. But we're going to start off like we do every podcast. Start off by telling the listeners about where you're from and what all sports did you play growing up? Yeah, so I grew up in Long Island. I essentially been in New York my whole life, other than college, when I was in Connecticut for a short stay at University of Hartford, graduated there. But ultimately, I grew up in Long Island. I played a lot of sports as a kid. My dad coached Little League, played a little baseball, played a little soccer, tennis, um, played a little hockey I was into. But ultimately, I, it, it was never too serious. Like, I was on the track team in high school and, and played a little bit of tennis there as well. Uh, but ultimately, it was more for fun. I love to watch sports. And you and I were chatting before we went on air. Love it. Love all the sports, if I'm being honest. Um, but it wasn't until a little bit later in life when, when I really got into running and I started running a bunch of marathons that I really started taking my athletics a little bit more seriously, if you will. Tell the story about how you got into the marathon running, because uh, from my kind of research on you and listening to you, you couldn't run a mile and then you did four marathons in a year. Yeah, that's correct. So, so I may or may not have a little bit of an addictive personality, Eric, <laughs> as you'll find out. Which isn't Essentially, necessarily a bad thing. People beat themselves up about that. You just got to figure out and put your focus on the right thing because I do too. It. I do too. But yeah. it's, can I be focused and channel that energy to things that serve me? But sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, that's okay, brother. And I agree with you 100%. It goes back to like, I think obsessions are healthy. I think it's a trait of the greats. But of course, you want to have the healthy obsessions, right? Like being present, spending time with your family, being driven, focused, and so forth. It's unhealthy obsessions where it's obviously counterproductive. But in regards to addictive personality, essentially, I was on Wall Street for the last 10, 11 years before I pivoted and doing what I'm doing now with CLS. But a few years back, 
I just felt empty. I, Wall Street stopped becoming fun. I had my own business and I'm grateful for that. But I, but I just, I was always searching for more, if I'm being honest, ever since I was a little kid. Like I always thought there was more out there and I felt guided, but I didn't know what it was. Essentially, it took me 35 years to find it because what I'm doing now, obviously, the impact we're creating, I'm super grateful for. But this is the stuff I love. But to come full circle, a few years back when I was on Wall Street, it felt like I was waking up every day and going to a job, Eric. And that's not how life's supposed to be. And so I had all this built up fuel and energy and I didn't know where to direct it. And so I came across running one day. And as you attested to, I ran a mile and I found it challenging. And as the competitor that I am, I said to myself, is it, was it really challenging or was it my perception of what I believe effort is? The very next day, I ran two miles, a little bit easier. And then the next day, I signed up for the New York City Marathon six months later, which led to four marathons in 2019. And we also just ran another one a couple of weeks back in New York City to honor my pops who's battling cancer and raise money for that and, and all that good stuff. But essentially, I found running when I was looking for an outlet, I was looking for an arena to be a gladiator in. And I was never going to be a professional runner, but I was just looking for a little bit of a release. And I'm so happy I did find it because running is still a big part of who I am today. So I'm very grateful for it. Man, I love that. I I found running a, a little bit post-career. I had to peel off some pounds. I played about 310 and, and <laughs> live uh, somewhere in the 240s now, but I need to peel off some pounds just for longevity purposes. They said it'd be good for my neck. So I got into running and last year I did a half marathon and you know, nice. just, just over a nine minute pace. I was right around 250 at the time, maybe in the 240s. The dude I was running with was in the high 130s. So he was a great uh, rabbit for me to kind of chase and try to keep up with. Uh, after doing that, my joints were a little sore. I went and saw my concierge doctor that I check in from time to time. And he said, E long distance running is not built for you. You had six lower body surgeries while you were playing. Like I know you're competitive and I know you want to do this, but you're not built for this. You're still 240 something pounds. There's a reason your buddy's in the high one thirties and does Ironmans because he's built for that. Like you, you are not, yeah, stick to your Peloton, stick to, you know, some some shorter distances. So um, I actually enjoyed the running, though, because it was a challenge and it was something I've never done before. And, man, there's just something about kind of getting in that zone. And my wife used to always joke when I would leave the house, she would say, hey, how far are you going to run? I'd say a couple miles. And she said, well, I'll see you in longer than that because I know once you get out there, <laughs> you're going to just start compete with yourself and you'll never come back from it. But uh, Same way. Yeah, but this 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 is not about me. I want to get back to your story. So you mentioned that waking up on Wall Street felt like a job. At what point did you realize I can completely pivot and shift gears and completely step out on my own? Because I'm because change is hard for everybody. Yeah. And, and to leave that comfort, and even though it wasn't necessarily comfortable waking up every day knowing you were going into this job, it's a comfort to know that I got a salary, I got a great paying job. What what was that like for you? Yeah, it's a great question, brother. And, and the truth of the matter is, is, when I first got to Wall Street out of college, I was lost in the wilderness with no compass. Wall Street gave me a purpose at the time, and I'm very grateful for it. It was at that time that I also started beginning to study personal development and the mindset and reprogramming and, and replacing disempowering thoughts with positive ones and understanding that confidence is a skill. And so Wall Street essentially was fun until it wasn't. As soon as the stress started to outweigh the joy it was time to pivot it. And then I stayed on Wall Street, but I left finance and started my own business where essentially we provided loans and capital. Um, and again, less stressful, but it did not light my soul on fire, brother. It, like I said earlier, and like you just attested to, 
after a while, it started to feel like I was waking up and going to a job. And for the audience listening, like that's not how life is supposed to be. And, and so if I'm being honest, I, I was always searching for something more. I just felt that like I was being called to do something. I just didn't know what it was. And I got stuck in the rat race. And as you know, in New York City, you can imagine if you're not going a thousand miles an hour, you get run over. And so I kind of just got stuck, brother. And that's on me. I take full accountability for that. Perhaps I should have taken a moment to just reassess earlier, but I don't believe in coincidences. I believe the universe has a plan and, and everything happens when it's supposed to. It wasn't until the pandemic when I shut my office down for what I thought would be two weeks last March. And I just put myself in that frequency, Erica. And I just, from studying personal development, I had a strategy. I was basically like, what are my gifts and what is my passion and my gifts? And hopefully you and your audience will agree is my ability to elevate, to inspire, to actually facilitate people wanting to take action, not just hear it, but actually make moves. So that was my gift and my passion. That was the easy part, personal development. I'm obsessed with this stuff. I've been studying it for 10 years. I love this stuff. It's not work to me. So I married the two, my ability to communicate, my love for personal development. And I started my CLS brand, Cultivate Lasting Symphony, which is also a play on my initials, Craig Landon Siegel a little over a year ago in the pandemic. And I'm very humble to say um, that it's absolutely exploded. And the whole irony of all this is, is I didn't start CLS for the money. I, I was doing well for myself on Wall Street. But as it turns out, when you truly find what, what sets your soul on fire and you step into that alignment and you do a really good job, the money comes. And, and so now I'm making more money than I ever made on Wall Street. I sold that business and this is it for me, brother. Wow, good for you. What you've been able to build and just over a year, that's unbelievable. You know, as yeah. I was prepping for this, seeing some of the speaking gigs you got coming down the line with some of the top speakers in the entire country, and it's just unbelievable. And, and I'm proud of you, and, and I'm not surprised by it because I see how you handle yourself, the way you're driven, the way you work. So it doesn't surprise me one bit, but I'm, I'm truly impressed, and I want to honor you in that. And, and as you were talking about, getting paid for this and earning money from this. And, you know, they're, they're, this can be lucrative, but when you bring value and you bring value to valuable people, you are going to be compensated for it. And people are willing to pay for getting leveled up in their life. So let's, let's get back to you in that this world of podcasting, speaking, performance coaching, it's getting crowded. You know, more and more people are realizing that you can make money doing this. You can make money serving others. Man, how great would it be to do that? What separates Craig Siegel then? Yeah, the same thing that separates you, brother, right? And I'm going to say it like this. There's always room for the best, right? No matter how saturated a space gets, people who do a really good job put their heart and soul into it, they're going to rise to the top. It just is what it is. And also like, for the audience out there that might be looking for someone to, you know, to, to invest in a mentor or coaching or stuff like that, like you could sniff out the fluff pretty quickly. Like you could see the people that aren't real or they're not authentic, or you can tell if they're standing by a Lamborghini with a Rolex on, but they live in their mom's basement, whatever the case may be. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, all you have to do is have one conversation with you or, or myself, you know, hopefully the audience will agree. And you can understand that, like, we practice what we preach, or as I like to say, we preach what we practice. We put in the work, we come from life experience, and we've done the homework, so to speak. And, and you know, when we speak, like, and I want to give acknowledgement to you, brother, I'm a huge fan of yours. And also, I love that we're building the friendship. But Every single post that you make, every podcast episode you drop, like the content is priceless. There's always tangible tools to take out of it. And, and newsflash, spoiler alert for anyone that wants to get into space, putting out great content is a full-time job in itself. People don't realize like 
when you put out unbelievable content, every single episode that you do, there's a message that could be taken. Like that's a full-time job in itself. And you do that. And, and I try my best to as well. And so I think people start to acknowledge that and it becomes contagious. Well, I appreciate those words. And, and one thing I took from a post of yours, from content of yours, and I love this, it's when things change inside you, things change around you. I love that. I agree with it completely. And when you look at individuals that, whether it's individual coaching or group or whatever it may be, when you're le- when you're working with someone, what are the biggest factors you see from people that's holding them back? And as you say, in their inner experience. Yeah. Great question, brother. I think the biggest common denominator is a feeling of unworthiness or limiting beliefs. People just, whether it be through society, their parents, um, the economy, TV, whatever the case may be, people develop limiting beliefs. They feel like they don't deserve success or their self-image is only so far they can't get surpassed that. And here's what I say to them, like, get the newsflash. And this is the good news. Like you weren't born with any of these negative beliefs or limiting beliefs, right? We've cultivated them over time. And just as easy as we understand that now it's, it's just awareness and mindfulness. Understand that if you're ever feeling like insufficient or insignificant, or like you have limiting beliefs, or you're not feeling good, just say thank you to the universe, because essentially the universe is shining a flashlight, letting you know that that's feedback that your thoughts are disempowering. And all you have to do, and I know this is, it's it's not easy, but it's simple. Follow me here. So thoughts are random, thinking is not. Most people get negative thoughts over the course of the day. The successful people, the ones that are able to really be optimal in everything they do, they know how to block out the interference. And one way to do that is just being aware of your thoughts. And if they're negative, just realize that, take the disempowering thoughts, like an intruder in your house, get the hell out, and then implement positive, productive thoughts. Those thoughts create new empowering beliefs. Those beliefs create new habits and behaviors, which create results. So essentially, most people that, that I find when we, get, we begin, they're usually feeling unworthy or they have all these limiting beliefs. But the good news is, is you weren't born with those limiting beliefs or that feeling of unworthiness. They're just disempowering thoughts, which we all have the ability to replace with more empowering ones. Are you getting them to replace those thoughts by using your words to encourage them and lift them up? Or how are you getting them to kind of shift those thoughts? I know you said throw them out, but how are you getting them to shift them to empowering thoughts? And the reason I ask is because I know for me personally in my career, and and I believe we talked exactly about this, it took outside influences to speak confidence into me to get me from limiting beliefs, this glass ceiling that I put over what I could become as a player when you're working with people one-on-one, are you telling them, hey, this is what I see in you or, or how exactly does that work? Yeah. And, and you know, sometimes it's good, for, like when people are, are going through it themselves, and, and I know you can attest to this too, right? And that's why therapists exist or whomever. It's good to get an unbiased opinion, just a different perspective looking in. And, and for me, and I have a good intuition, I like to believe it. I can see what people are usually struggling with. And most people just feel inadequate. They feel unworthy. And so by helping them understand that, you could say, if your life is firing on all cylinders, everything's going great in the next three, six months, what does that look like? And then they usually, they're able to have a vision, right? And they're usually to project and utilize the law of attraction. And now it's like, okay, so that's what it could be. Now, what are your current thoughts? And usually they're the opposite. It's like, I don't deserve success or who's going to want to listen to me or imposter syndrome and so to speak. And, and so we just let them be aware and acknowledge that most of the struggles or the challenges that you're dealing with 
are from those seeds that have been planted. And just as if you become aware of them, just acknowledge them like an intruder, get out and let's implement positive ones such as, and the client or the community member or the student, whomever the case may be, will say something more empowering. And then it just become after that, just like you training for football or just like anything in life. After that, it's just conditioning. And soon replacing negative thoughts with positive ones becomes second nature. I love it. And we talk all the time on here, you know, what's next with Eric Wood? How do you make your what's next in life your best yet? Well, everyone listening right now, take control of your thoughts. And whether that's, you know, morning gratitude process, uh, whether, you know, whatever it may be, take control of those thoughts. If you got to hire someone, if you got to meet with someone, an accountability partner that can speak some truth into you to get those limiting thoughts out of your head, I think that's going to truly help you make your 2022 the best year of your life to date. And me and my wife always talk about it. And, I've, and it partially comes from, you know, intentional gratitude practices and whatnot. But we all, we keep saying every year just keeps getting better and better. And But it takes intentionality to do that. And so for those listening out there, I want to hear your thoughts on this. What are your thoughts on goal setting? Because goal setting is this trendy topic right at the end of the each year, right at the beginning of the following. What are your thoughts on goal setting? Yeah, great question, brother. And I just want to acknowledge real quick what you just said. There's a quote that I came across maybe a couple of weeks ago, and I loved it. It's kind of similar to what you just said. It goes something like this. The better it gets, the better it gets. Wow. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> writing that, I'm writing that down right now. Yeah, heck yeah. In, in regards to goals, brother, goals is everything in life because in a nutshell, it provides purpose, right? Every single day when we wake up, if we have purpose, we automatically have a bit of enthusiasm. We're excited because we have a target. Without goals, we're just going rogue, essentially. There's no purpose. And like and like I always say, like when people don't really get old with age, they get old when they lose purpose. Like I've seen a lot of people that like are on fire their whole life and they retire early and they have nothing to do and they just get really bored. And then it looks like they age a lot really quickly. So I just think well, it doesn't have to be work, right? You could be doing something else, a hobby, but always having goals is so essential because you can't hit a target that you can't see, right? So you wanna have goals. I like to call them milestones, right? On your way to the big moonshot or journey, so to speak, but having goals, milestones, what it, it gives you purpose. It gives us enthusiasm. It gives us something to be excited about. And even like when I run the marathon, right? Because like, and I've had some of the world's greatest professional runners on the show and everyone agrees to this. Each marathon is a little bit unpredictable because, you know, putting the body through 26.2 miles can be unpredictable. It's a little challenging. So if you don't hit your first goal, you also want to have a couple more goals on your list going into that marathon. So you don't get completely dejected for the rest of the race. For example, let's just say someone wanted to break four hour mark and it looks like that's not going to happen. In, instead of just being defeated mentally, maybe you have a B and C goal, 415 or 430, whatever the case would be, just to keep you excited, keep you in the game. And essentially goals are, are, are so good because they give you purpose and they provide enthusiasm. Excellent. Excellent stuff. And then, so when you're working, let's say you're working with a client and they say, okay, Craig, what, what do you recommend as far as, do I write them out? Are these three month goals, six months, year goals? I know you talked earlier in the podcast about, Hey, what's the next 30 or 60 days look like for you in an ideal setting that creates your vision. How are you getting them to construct their goals for the year? Yeah, I like to go a year out at a time because I'm a big believer. Look, I'm weird. I'm a strange cat, as you know. And like, my whole thing is this. If you're going to think, you might as well think big. And one of my favorite movies, The Greatest Showman with P.T. Barnum, he says, 
we're only limited to the depths of our imagination, meaning there's literally nothing that we can't do other than the governor, like on a sports car, we place on ourselves and we can't go past that certain speed. So I like to look a year out. Like, for example, I'm asking my clients right now, what does 2022 look like when you're firing on all cylinders and everything's going great? And then they're able to put together a vision and then we can kind of reverse engineer it. I don't like to, to think too far out because obviously things change, so to speak. And, and and I think people underestimate how much can change in a year. And it's funny because I put a post out on social media about a week ago, basically saying everything that's happened with, with my brand CLS in the last year. And it wasn't a, an ego thing. It was just to show everybody, Eric, like how not, let me, let me be dramatic for a second, not something, everything can change in an instant, the moment you decide that you want more and then you commit. And so much can happen for you if you just dive in and, and if you just say yes. So I like to look a year out and then we can even break it down into quarters, so to speak. Where do you want to be in the next 90 days? And, and I'm a big believer in reverse engineering it. So it's good to have the vision because that activates the law of attraction. But let's reverse engineer it. But what's step one? And then we attack. There's a lot of gold right in there. And I've heard it said we often overestimate what we can do in a day or a week and underestimate what we could do in a year. We all have these big goals. And then when we don't get there in a week or a day or a month, then we think, ah, oh, well, we'll never get there. So we overestimate what we can get done in the short term and then underestimate what just those 1% daily improvements can do in the course of a year. Man, that's, that's great stuff from you. And, and one thing I've been impressed about since we've gotten to know each other, and initially it was me, you, and David Meltzer on a conversation. David Meltzer, he, he's, a, he's a boss in this industry. And then when I see you, um, uh, the podcast list you've had, you've aligned yourself with some of the greats in this industry. And I feel like that's a big reason to why in just over a year, you've built what you've built. Talk about the power of aligning yourself with the right people in life. So key, brother. And I'm so glad that you brought this up because not a lot of people talk about this. And it's so true. Like the power of collaboration, right? Like me and you hit it off right away. We exchanged numbers. We started talking. We said, how can we both add value to each other's lives? We did a podcast swap. And it's just so important to align yourself with, with good, solid, experienced people for so many reasons, right? Number one, because you want to be around people that elevate you, that cause you to stretch yourself, to make you feel a little nervous, right? Because people are doing big stuff. Because when you're around those types of people, it causes you to stretch even higher and step out of your comfort zone. So that's obviously great. That's one reason. Another is I'm a big believer in mentorship, right? And having coaches and stuff like that. Because if you can find people that have experience in areas that you don't, it enables you to prevent inevitable mistakes, by just picking their brain or having a different perspective, kind of keep an eye on you and so forth. And then obviously one of my personal favorites, which I know you love because you have a, a council, I believe, with some really impressive people, just accountability partners, right? So you, because sometimes you might let yourself down because no one's watching, but if you have other people that are holding you accountable, you can't let them down, right? Because they're going to give it to you, so to speak. So you just want to surround yourself with the right people that will hold you accountable, push you, be positive influences in your life, support you, and obviously, most importantly, help you stretch yourself. No doubt about it. And, you know, when you're a part of an NFL organization, that's built in for you. And so when you said, you know, I have I have an advisory board now and it's kind of what I got going on in my life. And then once a year, I'll I'll present it to them and they'll pick it apart. They'll give me feedback. It's not always comfortable, but it's always needed. And then my job from then 
is to put that into practice because there's accountability and they gave me their time and their effort and they're blessing me with that. So what am I going to do in return? How do I repay them? Then I implement and I, I use their feedback. So there's tremendous power in that. I, I love to ask extremely driven people like yourself this question. What's your morning routine look like? I'm very structured and very disciplined. And I understand like not everyone is the same. I have people who they don't like structure. They like to kind of go with the flow. For me personally, I wake up every single day, make myself a cup of coffee. I start putting together my to-do list for the day and I start journaling and I'm getting myself excited. While I'm doing this, I'm either listening to an audio book or an inspirational podcast like yours or, or some of the people that are friends in the industry, like our friend Ed Milet and so forth. And I just always like to be feeding myself with inspiration or I call it sharpening the ax. After that, say a couple of prayers because I'm really strengthening my faith these days, which I love and it's made such a difference. Uh, and then I attack fitness first thing in the morning, right after all that, every single day, whether it's a run or I just go upstairs to the weight room and climb a bank just to get it in. And, and it's funny because I'm not seeking validation from a physical standpoint like I was when I was a kid. Now the workout is mostly for the, for the mental aspect. But after that, then I'm attacking and I'm doing CLS stuff all day, whether it's coaching calls or my membership or I'm hosting a podcast or I'm a guest on a podcast or speaking engagements, whatever the case may be. Really packed days these days, but this isn't work to me. I absolutely love this stuff, brother. I know your days are packed and that's where I'm super appreciative of your time here today and I, and I want to be respectful of it too. And you talk about it's not necessarily about the approval of others when you're getting your workout in and all that. But we both know if you show up to a coaching call, you know, maybe it's been a month between coaching sessions and it looks like you put on 10 pounds. It's, hey, how are you going to speak into the discipline of my life to get me where I want to go when it doesn't appear like Craig Siegel's got discipline in his life? And as I get into more speaking and I have my podcast and I'm trying to help others elevate their lives, I it's, it's a constant reminder to me when I might be reaching for that next, you know, cookie or whatever it may be around the holidays. Okay. You still got to look the party because people ain't trying to take advice from you. If you ain't looking the part, what's your, you're in great shape. What's your diet look like on a normal day? Cause I know you need fuel for, to keep a routine like that daily. You need the fuel and then also look the part. What's your diet like? Yeah, so I'm on a meal prep. I use Nutrition Solutions. My good friend Chris runs the company. And essentially, I started understanding nutrition a few years back when I got into the marathons. I had never understood nutrition. I would just work out uh, and I, my physique probably hit a plateau. You know, once I started to understand that nutrition is really, in my opinion, like 90% of it, um, then I started to understand how the body works and how to make your metabolism work for you as opposed to against you. So I'm on a meal prep every three hours. I throw a meal. It's the perfect uh, portion control in the microwave. I heat it up and I eat it. And then for dinner these days, I'll do a little something. If it's a long day, maybe I'll order a nice cheeseburger without the bun and, and indulge a little bit. For the most part, very structured, very routine. Every three hours, I have a meal prep. And it does two things, right? It keeps me on schedule so I don't have to think. And obviously it's healthy for you. And for the audience listening, like do what you want. But my suggestion is this, like if I didn't have a meal prep and, and I had to fend for myself in New York City, like I wouldn't even know where to begin because I'm not a nutritionist. So by being on this, it, supply, it applies discipline and structure and it makes life a little bit easier in that aspect. Yeah, preparation's everything. And it comes to diet as well. And so I love how prepared you are because it's easy if you're prepared and you set it out in front of you, 
then then it, you take all the thinking out of it and you only have so much willpower in the day and so by just putting all that on autopilot you no longer have to worry about fueling yourself the right way. I love that you do that. I, I end up getting in a pretty good routine most weeks. I've used meal prep companies in the past and now I've kind of just got it on autopilot. Like this is what I eat throughout the week. I generally inter intermittent fast because I, I still like to eat like an offensive lineman at times. So that allows me to have some bigger <laughs> meals. You know, I was conditioned for 15 or 16 years that I'm paid to eat. You know, I, I'm literally paid to be big. And so now I'm trying to reverse all those. So intermittent fasting has been a powerful tool for me, but it does not surprise me that you're very prepared and structured. And I knew that you'd have a great answer for that one as well. All right, we're going to get into some recurring questions and we'll get you out of here. Number one, and, and I know you're well-read, talked about audiobooks before. So normally I'll say, what's your favorite book? I'll say, what's been your favorite or most impactful book on you this year? I would say The Secret, all about the law of attraction. It's funny because I read it probably 10 years ago but I didn't really hear it, right? Or I didn't really listen to it. When I was training for my last marathon in New York City, I was coming up an injury where they found a tumor in my foot and I had to get surgery. And I didn't have the physicality that most would want going into a marathon to do physical training. And so, and, and let me be honest with you, I've been very skeptical about the law of attraction and all this woo-woo stuff for quite some time because it was beyond my senses. But if there was ever a time to buy in, it was when I was on crutches. And so I started to really buy in. I reread that book. I became absolutely fascinated with the quantum, the energy fields. I ended up reaching out to John Asaroff from The Secret, had him on the podcast. We've become friends ever since. And this stuff is real because I ended up running a PR, a 339 in that marathon without the physical training. And, and just understand that like every thought is an electrical signal that we send out to the universe. And if they're positive, the universe will conspire for you. And, and not just thinking things, but feeling them and have the universe like, work in your favor. And just understanding that we're all energy, right? Energy can't be destroyed or created. Everything we do is energy. And this right here, this is just a five foot seven, kind of handsome, maybe not, depending upon your taste, vessel that holds my spirit and soul. And once you understand that we're all energies and working within the quantum field, that's when you really start to see real time manifestations. So to answer your question, brother, this secret has had a major impact on me in 2021. That's up next on my queue. I had not heard of that book. That That is now up next on my queue. And I also want to go back and listen to John on your podcast. And yeah. I'm going to check that out. I'm going to honor your time by taking that suggestion immediately. And, and it sounds phenomenal for that book. You mentioned your faith. You're getting into some prayer. We talked beforehand. You're going to celebrate your first Christmas this year. So congratulations. I'm super <laughs> pumped for you. But you. What, what role does your faith play in your life? I'm not super religious. I grew up Jewish, went to Temple and I Holy Days, but my relationship with God specifically over the last, I would say, five years, every single day gets stronger. I, I speak to him. I hear him very clearly. Uh, and that means everything to me. And, and as you know, like when you have faith, like there's no better confidence than that, right? Like I even remember when you were telling the story on my show, um, when you got the news that your career was over, it kind of came out of nowhere. You didn't panic because you had faith that whatever was next would be the right move and it would all work out. And so my faith means everything to me. And it's something that's so exciting to me because I'm working on it every single day and it continues to get stronger. Man, I love that. And, and I love how, you know, you're grown up, you uh, grew up Jewish. I grew up Catholic. And now we both kind of more focused on a relationship with Christ, which is that fulfilling feeling that you get from that relationship. It's not the rules. It's not the traditions. All that plays a role. But 
Um, I, I love to hear that. That warms my heart hearing that. What was your first car? My first car was an Acura. <laughs> what year? Um, I want to say maybe like 1999. I think it was a little older when I got it. Pretty solid though. That's a pretty solid first car. I, yeah. I, I like asking people that. It usually brings you back to a really special time in your life when you got that first ride. I was unsure, you know, being a New Yorker with the public transportation, not everybody even needs a car in the city. So I was, I was wondering if you got a car right away. <laughs> but I grew up in Long Island in the suburbs. So then uh, it was necessary to have one. But yeah, you, just, you did just bring me back. You painted a, big, a visual. That was great. Good deal. Uh, what's your favorite restaurant? I know you got a lot of good ones to choose from up there. Yeah, in, in New York City, I would say one of two. I, I really like quality Italian. They make this unbelievable chicken palm pizza. You put a little spicy honey on it, their signature dish, unbelievable. And then I also really love Mr. Chow's, which is like high-end uh, Chinese food. Both of those restaurants, you can't go wrong. Excellent. I got to try both of those next time I'm in. All right, last one for me. This is What's Next with Eric Wood. I want to know, what's next for Craig Siegel? What's coming down the line for you? Yeah, great question, brother. And for CLS, we've made a monster impact in a pretty short time, and I'm very humbled by that. And I know this isn't the sexiest answer, but just more, more impact, just to make a bigger contribution to people's lives, continue the reach, the podcast downloads, the speaking engagements, the coaching, the membership, all that stuff, just more contribution to the world, help people revamp their mindsets, understand that where they are now is not an indication of where they could be. Uh, and just to continue to inspire and elevate. Obviously, doing shows like this with you is awesome as well. So just continue to expand the reach and make a, a bigger impact and contribution. Well, knowing you, I know you'll get that done. Where can the listeners find out more about you? I'd say I hang out the most on Instagram at Craig Siegel underscore CLS. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, the record breaking, the CLS experience. And if you want to find out how to work with me within the programs and so forth, you can check out our website, cultivatelastingsymphony.com. I cannot recommend enough that you tap into some of Craig's knowledge, whether that's any of those avenues. He's a great follow on social media. He's a great listen on his podcast. I've been a guest myself. Go check out that episode. But he does a great job. And like so many in this industry, but not all, Craig is out to serve and he truly cares about people. And you could tell based upon all interactions, he's the same off the camera that he is on the camera. And I truly respect people like that. And Craig's also done it. There's a big difference between someone who never had a successful job, who's never ran marathons, who's never pushed themselves physically, mentally in their career. So Craig's done it. He's seen it. Now he's pivoted to make an impact. And I truly, truly appreciate people like you. And I truly, truly appreciate your time here on What's Next. Thank you so much, brother, for those beautiful words. You know how much love and respect I have for you. And I feel all the same about you. And the best part about this is it's just the beginning of the friendship. And I'm so excited for what's to come. No doubt about it. Can't wait, brother. Thank you, buddy. This episode is also brought to you by Punched Energy Chews, and these have become a favorite product of mine for energy and fitness. They use a patented formula with tons of scientific studies, and they start with pure green Arabica coffee bean caffeine. It improves your physical and mental performance, increases your metabolism, 
helps burn calories and body fat, and they also help boost your immunity, which is very important at this time because they're a great source of vitamin C. They're also ultra low glycemic, no spikes, no bounces, and no crashes. What you're going to do is go to punchedenergy.com, use code ERICWOOD20 for 20% off. Give them a try. Link in the show notes.